We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. With the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. TJ. Oh, oh goodness! Stunning! With the left hand! Devontae Oh my goodness! Oh, I don't believe it! A 30-foot of the Just stop it already! Uh, welcome back in uh, third installment of the, the Buzzbeat uh, 2021 draft live stream. Brian Geisinger joined by uh, Lee the newest member of BuzzBeat, uh, Richie and Spencer, are, uh, are sitting this one out. But we're here to talk about pick 37, uh, which the Hornets acquired earlier in the night before the draft even got started uh, in a trade with Detroit for Mason Plumley. The 37th pick coming to Charlotte, 57th pick going out to Detroit in a bit of a salary dump uh, with Mason Plumley. Lee, thoughts on the end of the first round and where Charlotte is sitting here at 37 with some really – good prospects still on the board and some guys that would make a lot of sense for Charlotte. I feel pretty encouraged that they're going to have the chance that they keep things simple. They should really be able to get like a, a nice piece, uh, a good young prospect here at 37. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel similarly to how, you know, how 11 broke down. Like there were so many options at 11, Again here, I mean, look, we've already named some of these guys, but like Kessler Edwards, Miles McBride, Jared Butler's on the board here. We haven't Still really on the about, board, man. We haven't yeah. talked about Butler a ton. I mean, it's not like he brings um, necessarily maybe the point of attack defense that we were – like I think Jared Butler's a very serviceable defender, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily his calling card to just be like an on-the-ball stopper. Yeah. Uh, but from a from a playmaking and spacing and shot making standpoint, he makes a ton of sense. Yeah, one of the best handles in the draft. A really nice two way player. Great shot. Scores in a bunch of different ways. Like can be a movement shooter. Can score off a dribble. I mean, you know, I guess we did get the the good news. You know, last within the last week or so that he the 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 NBA did clear him to to play, but. I, you know, I hope the, that type of information didn't actually, like, hurt this guy's stock a little bit. Like, Jared Butler, like, it, with a clean bill of health, shouldn't fall outside the top 20, top 25. Like, the fact that he's still around at, you know, the you know, p- the middle of the 30s is, like, kind of crazy. 
Um, Sharif Cooper still hanging around yeah. as well. Probably doesn't make a lot of sense uh, for Charlotte for a couple of different reasons. Um, and here we go, just to circle back. Uh, another SEC guy, Herb Jones, uh, yes. in his long sleeves coming off the board at pick 35 to the Pelicans. Um, I like that pick a lot like for them. Give uh, another defender in there, some guy, someone that you can play next to Zion. He can play make, he can play with the ball. Um, really like an elite defender that can do a bunch of different stuff. He's someone that I actually would have liked to have seen fall to 37 at Charlotte as a guy that could have really, you know, given them uh, like another small ball five type option yeah. or another, another like flex forward type option, I guess is really what I should say with some, you know, event creation, some team defense. Um, and as Richie and I were discussing, Richie brought this up before, the, before we hopped back on here, but uh, with James Booknight bringing his long sleeves down to Charlotte, Herb Jones, <laughs> would have been fun to have had uh, four, you know, two sets of long sleeves with the, uh, the Hornets. But I like that pick a lot for uh, the Pelicans. Herb Jones is a good player, but still plenty of guys available. I, you got to think – someone like uh, Sharif Cooper still on the board, the most talented guy probably on the Man. board up there, up there with Butler um, as a really one of the best passers in the entire class, smaller. There are obviously, there are concerns defensively because of his size. There are pull-up shooting concerns. The form is not great, probably develop some bad habits and, you know, you're going to have to correct that because right now he's, he's you know, he doesn't really have the lift or the power to hit up, pull up threes off the dribble. But I just think his vision and passing is just so, so, so good. You know, well, with a team like Charlotte that has LaMelo Ball, that has, you know, like, is maybe likely to bring Devontae Graham back in free agency. You know, I think maybe Cooper's too much of a talent play to pass up on. But I don't know. Some of the other guys that are still out here, Miles McBride, we, who we should talk about. And, that's my uh, that's my that's my uh, that's yeah. my preference. I, so I you love to get him here. So the, let's lean into this. Let's lean into it with McBride. Okay. What uh what do you like about McBride, and why does he make so much sense for Charlotte? Well, you know, it's 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 the it's the point of attack defense. I think probably primarily, at least from 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 a fit standpoint with Charlotte. But he's also just like a way better athlete than he gets credit for. Former McBride, football yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the the way that I, I've like the value that I've tried to describe him is like this this um you know guards that can play make in a pinch either as like a second unit primary or next to a playmaking engine spacing the floor. And he can do both of those things. Yeah. Um so yeah. you combine like that ability with the on ball defense and like obviously he's like the intangibles, the toughness is all there too. So, I mean McBride would be would be awesome right here. Yeah, he'd be he, awesome. He's a great fit. I mean, it's like the, the the comparison is like maybe a little trite, but it's like the it's like the Patrick Beverly type, the Lonzo Ball, like something. Oh, well, here we go. The Thunder get, they get another one uh, at number pick thirty six. Oklahoma City takes Miles McBride uh, just oh. as we were talking about him. So that is a tough. Miss for Charlotte. Uh, McBride would have been a perfect guy's. Yeah, OKC got McBride. So, you know, he makes a lot of sense with them. They've cleaned up picking up guards in the draft because they got Josh Giddy, They got Trey Mann. Now they add Miles McBride. They've got Gilgis Alexander. They just, man, the the talent down in Oklahoma City is pretty impressive. Uh, Yeah, I love McBride's point of attack defense. I thought some of the team defense stuff maybe wasn't quite on par with where he was pressuring the basketball, but still had some, like, 
pretty impressive reads and pick six steals and stuff like that. I love the jump shot. I love the shot versatility, low turnover, high free throw attempt rate, drew a bunch of fouls, like would have been a a slam dunk pick. Uh, But now that we're pivoting out of that here, guys that are still on the board, still Sharif Cooper. I think someone like Kessler Edwards would make a ton of sense, arguably the best team defender in this entire class, not like on the board still, like in general, like is a brilliant rotator. Like, you know, the way we would talk about Devin Vassell last season, um, I don't think Edwards quite flies around like that, but just his ability to be on the weak side of pick and roll coverages, tag rollers, close back out to the shooter, and while he's got a pretty funky shot, is a guy that has also shot pick-and-pop threes and the three-ball in general at a very high level uh, during his career at Pepperdine. He would make a ton of sense uh, as a guy that could you could give you some wing defense, some team defense, and some spacing uh, around LaMelo as like a nice 3-and-D guy that can really help raise Charlotte's floor defensively um, as, a, as a team defender. Is uh, and maybe maybe this isn't the greatest fit now, particularly after we've acquired Plumley and Kai Jones tonight. But is it would 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 Eve's Ponds be a bit of a reach here for you? No, for me, no, it would not. I'm surprised he's like being mocked more in like the mid to late fifties. Actually, um, I just think he's the guy. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess it is a little bit of a reach, and certainly I would rather have like Kessler Edwards. But Ponds athletically is just so so special. You know, the shot, not not great, but the team defense, he's such a physical freak. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Even I think even, like, Pons at this range, if he had stayed in the draft last year, would have been okay, too. Like he's the kind of guy I think you want to get him in your door, get him in your development program, and start putting that, like, that physical profile he has to work, but inside your own system and development, development program. Um, so... A slight reach, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate Ponce, uh here at thirty-seven. He's checking some of the boxes that 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 I would like. And we also discussed Aaron Henry earlier yep. as well. Um, I'm going to be repeating myself here, but just an excellent on-ball pick-and-roll defender, rear-view pursuit, really, really good there. Disruptive, uh, strong as hell, good size on the wing, um, funky shot a little bit. But, you know, kind of has a, has a weird release point. And uh, here we go, actually. the It will not oh, be yeah. Aaron Henry coming to Charlotte. It will be JT Thor as the wow. Hornets take, take JT Thor with the number wow. 37 pick. I like it. I do like it a fair amount. Um, this is a good development pick. This is a guy that Charlotte worked out. I think it's kind of interesting you bring both he and Kai Jones in in the same draft class that are guys that can hold – almost a similar spot as, as development pieces at sort of that like four and a half, you know, uh, playmaking four range. But um, Richie and I did a long JT Thor pod and video breakdown that went out yep. actually earlier this week. Uh, so let's just jump into a couple more of those things with Thor and then uh, Lee, I'll kick it to you. And then we'll talk a little bit more about Thor, maybe some of the other guys that Charlotte passed over, but one and done at Auburn, uh, could have considered going back for a second season, decided to come back. And I like this. I think there's good value, good talent add here. Someone that 
maybe as lottery type talent that you're actually going to get early in the second round, but a little over six, nine with shoes at the combine uh, over a seven foot three wingspan, uh, which was number two at the combine nine, two standing reach 3.06 second, three quarter court sprint. That's very fast. He will not turn 19 until August. He is really young uh, for this class uh, per 40 minutes, 16 points, nine boards, one and a half assists, 1.4 steals, 2.5 uh, blocks. Lee, what are your initial thoughts on on JT Thor? If you love listening to us here on BuzzBeat, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of that just for $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. 
make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So my first thought is who would have – what would you have, how would you have looked at someone prior to the season if they told you JT Thor would be drafted ahead of Sharif Cooper? And crazy. If you told me that, <laughs> like, if you told me that two months ago, I, right. three months ago, I thought it would have been crazy. So that's, that's insane. But I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, JT Thor was the 27th player on my board. So, like, I think the value here is fantastic. I do think it's really uh, weird's not the right word, but I'm, having a trouble finding the exact right word, but it is a little weird to me that they would take two big time developmental prospects here. Um, Both with massive upside and, and players that I think they got terrific value for where they got them. Thor. What's so intriguing to me about Thor is his defensive versatility and upside. And he's a little farther along defensively than Kai is right now, in my opinion. The other and, – and I say that just because, like, he shows a little bit more propensity to, like, kind of know where he should be in, cert- in certain times. He's going to struggle just like any young player would with rotations and things of that nature. But, like, Thor blocks jump shots. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yes. like he does, Multiple three-point attempts this season yeah. he blocked on closeouts. Yes. He's just a, he's just a big-time athlete with length and, and, some, and some, like, impressive defensive know-how for a young player. Yeah. Another thing that you and me have talked about with him before is he shot the ball a lot better with Cooper in the lineup than he did mm-hmm. with Cooper out of the lineup. And yeah. I, you know, believe in our playmaking guards and wings that could like, um, you know, get him open shots and get get him the ball in the shot pocket where, where he's a, where he's comfortable taking jump shots. The percentages are not impressive. The mechanics are, though. Yes. He's got a long way to go, but I'm, like, pretty bullish on just his, like, entire, like, shot profile, honestly, moving forward. No, I think that's one of the most interesting things about Thor. Interesting is not even the right way to put it. Um, that's one of the things that if you're you're drafting him, you really need to be bullish about, and you've got to be working to, like, hone as much as possible because you may you may have struck on something with that uh you mentioned the shot form really really nice the quick energy transfer lines his feet up to the hoop has that lefty uh wrist flick very smooth you you see it on the standstill catch you see it on the the movement three-point attempts and you see it on the pull-up jumpers um the movement stuff is like really intriguing likes that trail three-pointer but but even that you know outside of that auburn ran him actions to get him looks off pin downs pretty high three-point attempt rate good touch and uh decent sort of efficiency numbers on on spot ups overall you know he'll take some sort of like kind of unbelievable looking jump shots um you know flashes the shot versatility the combo move handle so you know come off a pin down curl or fade depending on the coverage shot fake put the ball on the deck get to a step back has the mid post uh face ups or step backs which i think is really like I mean, this was sort of a byproduct of Auburn's offense, probably in some of those like non-Sharif lineups of hey, we just need you to get us a bucket right now. Um, and you know he's taking some tough some tough shots because of that. And I think that's what led to sort of you know some of the shooting numbers not looking quite as good, but the mid-range pull-ups are pretty pretty nice. I like the subtle fakes to his game, the head fake, the shot fake, smooth transition, uh, you know, with the fake from shifting to, uh, from his uh, dribble drive. Uh, he does a nice job attacking attacking 
top foot, you know, gets to the rim quickly. The handle is good, at least on a straight line. You know, positionally. What position do you, what position yeah. do you think he plays next year? Yeah, I was going to just, just touch on that. Not a full-time five. Um, right. But, but I think you're going to want him to play some there. Um, as of right now, you know, doesn't have the physical power uh, to bang on the glass. He was not ready to be a defensive anchor. He's not a very good defensive rebounder. Um, but because it gives you some of those good flashes that you touched on about the rim protection and the defensive versatility switching, because he, he can switch out and, and, and slide and stay in front of guards. You know, for Charlotte, PJ's flexibility as a hybrid 4-5 opens up a lot of possibilities with both Kai Jones and Thor, right? Where, like, you can play a lot of these non-traditional lineups where there isn't, like, a five on the court, right? You know, right. necessarily. So PJ is going to guard him on some possessions. If it's a, if it's like maybe more of a bruiser, but on, 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 if you're doing more of a run and jump guy, well then maybe you've got Thor and Kai Jones. Um, I think those are two guys you're going to see Charlotte want to switch a fair amount with, um, mm-hmm. and, or, or really at least play to the level of the, of the screen when they're, when they are playing the five. I mean, I think you're going to see a fair amount of JT Thor, as uh, as a four, I think you're going to see a fair amount of JT Thor playing for the Greensboro Swarm next season. Two other things I want to mention on just in general: the tools are really good, but he's obviously raw. I think we've sort of covered that, but I want to like throw out that type of blanket statement. But because of that, and this is something that I get, I think a couple of people have touched on this, but I think uh, PD Webb is really the one who's. I tried to give him credit when we talked about JT Thor the other time recently, but. P.D. Webb has given the credence to this notion of of almost like pre-drafting a player, I think is how it's like the exact verbiage for like how he's described it. And for someone like Thor, who when he's on the fence about whether he should stay in the draft, this is two months ago, when he's on the fence about mm-hmm. should he stay in the draft, should he go back to Auburn, um, you know, where he's getting told, you know, where people are telling him they, they're interested in drafting him or, or maybe a certain team's giving him a promise somewhere or whatever. Um, you know, NBA teams need to be, should be interested in a guy like Thor services because he projects as a guy that could be a lottery type talent if he goes back to Auburn and has a really good season. Right. That's right. And so, Instead of having him do that, you can get him for a later first-round pick, or in the case of the Hornets, an early second-round pick. And at 18 years old, you can get him in your system. You can get him on your weight program, learning your plays, doing your drills, uh, practicing, and, and working. You know, working on the same umbrella as uh, as some of your other young core guys like Lamelo, like Kai Jones now, like Miles Bridges, like PJ Washington. And so teams having use of getting a player like that can then be pushed back towards JT Thor as, as like a, Hey buddy, you should stay in the draft because we're interested in you in this range. I'm guessing he probably got sold something that had him, you know, projected a little bit earlier, Um, you know, as opposed to slipping out of the first round and and slipping all the way to 37. But uh, this is interesting. I, uh, it's an interesting development pick like the Kai Jones one, it's going to take a lot of work, but he's also a fair amount younger than, than Kai Jones too. So um, I have a couple other thoughts on Thor, but I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. What do you think about this pre-draft concept and specifically as it applies to uh, Thor and Charlotte? Well, I do think he would almost certainly be a first round pick in next year's cycle if he did stay. So I do kind of like that idea of, of Charlotte kind of 
getting the asset now at a lower value than they would be able to a year from now, particularly yeah. getting him in our in our development camp. I will say, like to the to the defensive versatility and upside point, like particularly watching him um, against LSU and against another prospect that I like, who's still on the board actually, Trendon Watford. I mean, he, too. he had Trendon Watford just kind of mystified on how he was going to be able to score around the rim against JT Thor. He mm-hmm. just, he just, he stayed really disciplined against Watford's like good little kind of pivot action he does around the basket. You know, Watford will show the ball and get people in the air and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and Thor was just using his length and, he gave Watford fits and Watford's a guy who I think might be able to end up playing in the NBA. So, you know, that, that was just like a specific example I wanted to give of like Thor, an 18 year old, uh, giving a lot of issues to a mature second year SEC player who had been established on his team as, as one of the best like offensive creators. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but so, yeah, I mean, this is, man, this is a wild draft. Does, does this change your calculus at all from a grade standpoint, or is it kind of just smooth it out to be, be about where it was? It smooths it out a little bit. I mean, I do like, I like Thor's prospect to be clear and, and I like him as a development piece and, and I'm happy that he's in Charlotte's system and Spurs. Uh, yeah. Jared Butler went 40 to Utah. Joe Wieskamp 41 to the Spurs. Those are two prospects that, that I like a fair amount. You know, I would have been really ecstatic if uh, Springer or Jaden Springer and Miles McBride had slipped at 37. It was really close with Deuce, and I, I wonder what they would have done if, uh, if he had still been on the board because McBride is such a nice fit, such a clean fit next to LaMelo. Um, they, they really would balance one another quite well. But Charlotte can look for that player in, in other ways, but you know, it would have been cool to have tried to address it through the draft this year. Other thing I would like to say about Thor, and I kind of touched on this when we spoke about Kai Jones earlier with Spencer and Richie, with LaMelo, as they're building this team out around LaMelo, yes. one of the things, a player type that they seem to be very interested in, looking at Thor, looking at Kai Jones, and I think they kind of have some of it on the roster already with P.J. Washington and with uh, Miles Bridges, but they are looking for versatile hybrid forwards that can be, that can threaten defenses as screeners and can attack as second side offensive weapons. And to that extent, Thor's ability to attack closeouts, I, like I said, is pretty good. I mentioned the head fakes, yes. the shot fakes earlier. It feels scalable as a second side weapon playing in space, working off advantage and sort of just like less of him trying to get to his shot in the mid range, which again, that's where I thought um, you saw some of his inefficiencies this year, but, uh, but we've seen some of the creation flashes, but just making it real simple for him. You talked about this with Kai Jones earlier too, Lee, where you said you, you put him in these situations, you create advantage, you throw him the ball and you say, shoot it or move it. Right. And, and maybe yep. you're not geared to that way, but we're going to try to push you to that extent. And then once you advance beyond that, all right, shoot it or attack the closeout. If that's not there, if that's not there, then, then pass it, keep it moving, go set another screen. But I just think looking for these guys that can threaten both as pick and pop guys, slip and pop guys, slip screen guys, lob threats. You know, I think you see all of that. And, and Thor, like the defensive upside, and, and maybe, you know, sort of depends on how, um, you know, what kind of development path he's able to tap into. But the length, 
Um, his reach, the ground coverage is pretty damn impressive with JT Thor. He's going to have to clean up the defense a fair amount. Um, we talked earlier about his ability to block shots on um, on three point attempts, but his closeouts are also like in general are a, a, like a bleeping mess. Like he'll just like run right by guys and just give them very open lanes into the paint um, because he just lacks discipline and, and lacks good footwork on some of those closeouts. So. I kind of thought Charlotte would go more of like the three and D plug and play guy here. So yeah. camp Isaiah livers who just went at, at pick 42 to Detroit. Um, so they can pair him up with Sadiq Bay and have a couple, uh, a couple sort of like bulkier three and D guys there now with the, the Pistons to play around Killian Hayes and, uh, and, and Kate Cunningham. Yeah, so Liv- I thought, I, is, is basically like a Sadiq Bay light. I mean, yeah. it's a very, very yeah. interesting kind of yeah. pairing there. Yeah. I, I like livers a lot. And, and who knows, like maybe if, um, uh, you know, maybe if he stays healthy and he, he helps Michigan have a big run in the postseason, you know, maybe he gets a little bit more right. plus. But but I, I've liked Rid Liver since last season. It's simple. He's six seven. He's bulky. He can shoot threes. Like it doesn't exactly. take much beyond that. So I thought they would go that route. And it is a little bit of a bummer to see. You know, McBride didn't quite make it down there. There was no Jaden Springer. That was probably grasping for straws, hoping he would slip. But the fact that Philadelphia gets him at 28 a year after they get Tyrese Maxey in the 20s um, is pretty incredible. And, and, man, Philadelphia, just some of the defenders that they have now on that roster with Springer and Thibel, pair that with Joel Embiid protecting the rim. Some interesting stuff, uh, you know, development-wise in this sort of, like, next wave that's coming in behind the initial process era. Uh, there's some interesting players in that range. Uh, Charlotte could have also looked at someone like Greg Brown at 37. They opted not to do that. That would have been another sort of like upside bet, you know, vertical athlete that can, you know, can pick and pop and shoot threes too. But, um, now I'm not the biggest, I would have had, I would have preferred Thor over Greg Brown to be clear. But, um, but yeah, ultimately I think it's an interesting upside play by Charlotte. They pick three guys at 11, 19 and 37 that, you know, I think you could you could all feel pretty comfortable saying that they, you know, you know, top twenty five, top thirty prospects in the draft that they got in some yeah. order. That's not the best way to look at it. Like it doesn't come in a vacuum quite like that. But I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the four pick. There's going to be a lot of work with he and Jones, but it makes sense for what I think they're looking for to build with some of these hybrid front court spots around LaMelo. I think now you're just hoping, you know, one of Kai Jones or JT Thor hits, right? Like that, like that becomes totally. the plan. Now you just need one of those guys to work out. And then you do in fact have a pretty good piece. Now, what does, you know, what does work out mean? I mean, I think it, I think ultimately that means like become a guy that can really hit, pick and pop jumpers at a high level and stay on the floor defensively with some rim protection in, you know, leverage minute type situations. Yeah. So maybe to wrap up here, what do you, what, what kind of profile or even a specific prospect do you think they look at with this last pick of the night before we get out of here? It's hard to see. I mean, I I guess they could, they could try another big guy. Yeah. They could, they could go, they could go that route. I mean, I know there are some big guys late, that could still be around that you and I like a fair yeah, amount. I mean, I mean Huff, Sims, Jay Huff, Sims, uh, Kata still around yep. too. Um, do you want to talk about uh, Sandro at all by any chance here? Do you want to, do you want to get your, <laughs> well, your Mamu propaganda in here? I mean, like I, the floor is yours if you'd like to work it in. 
I I am really hoping he gets selected tonight. I think now, you know, Thor. They're very very different players. Don't get me wrong, but like Thor is kind of a you know big Ford offensive swing. Like so, I think we might have that. I think we might have like Sandro's upside archetype covered at this yeah. point. But yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. he's also kind of the type of guy I feel like could fit in almost on any roster, but. I think it's still possible they swing for for like a point of attack defender that we've talked about all night. Like there's still you know Raekwon Gray is still on the board. Yeah. Um, Aaron Wiggins is still on the board. AJ Lawson from South Carolina is actually kind of an interesting defensive. Can, can, uh, can shoot guard it too. too. Can shoot it too. Yeah. I watched. I recently watched the South Carolina Auburn game and he was mm-hmm. bombing threes in that game. Uh, Joel Ayaye. Still around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another good on-ball defender. Uh, Scotty Lewis still around. Yeah. Uh, Sam Hauser, not really what I think you're looking for at this point, but he's still floating around as like a you know six eight six seven elite movement shooter. And yeah, I think I mean I guess I mean I I guess there must not be good medicals on guys like Kessler Edwards and Sharif Cooper or something like like what right. is going like I cannot believe those guys continue to fall down. Um, I, I got to think at some point between now and when Charlotte picks again that those guys will be off the board. But I'm surprised that New York passed on Sharif Cooper. I'm also surprised that Chicago uh, passed on Sharif Cooper. They went with Io DeSunmu earlier in the second round. And uh, I see what they're going for there, both from like a fan perspective and like getting another guard in there. But like I, I got to imagine there's a lot of Bulls fans that aren't like, you know, Illinois alums that uh, are probably a little disappointed that they passed on on Sharif Cooper here. So there's some still some good names floating around, and uh, Moses Wright is another name that I like a lot. You mentioned Trenton Watford too, but those are some other names I sort of had like scribbled down. You know, last week when I was talking about late second round pick options with uh, with Richie and Spencer. So um, well, look, uh, Lee. Welcome to the team. It's been a it's been a it's been a marathon Here. session tonight. I mean, I like hardly remember uh, the Plumley pick at this point. Uh, <laughs> us, us announcing you were coming on here, but uh, hey, it's good to have you on here. I cannot wait to talk more about the Hornets, more about the draft. I'm ready to start 2022 whenever you are, buddy. Um, I've got a lot of Jaden Ivy prep in recently. Oh, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. But to everyone who listened into the live streams. Or, or on the podcast, I'm not sure if this this little closeout here will get edited on, but thank you again for following along with all of our draft covers this year, the pods, the videos, the write-ups, the tweets, all of that stuff. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if you joined us in the Slack thread, too, as well, uh, you know, continue to do that. Continue to join the Buy Me a Coffee site. Um, we're going to keep pumping out the you know good Hornets content and uh, flip the page to free agency in the 2022 draft here. So uh, for Lee, for for Richie, for Spencer, for Richie, who's also just done a phenomenal job producing this whole production tonight, uh, thank you again for listening to BuzzBeat. We will see you next time.